0: Welcome back to Black O'Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of Westworld. This is season two, episode three, Virtue a Fortuna. This episode was written by Robert Patino and Ron Fitzgerald, who worked on Weeds, and directed by Richard J. Lewis. Premiered five, six of 2018, and I gave this one a 9.2 out of 10. We got some action. We got some confrontation some moving of the plot development a little bit more information of what happened in those fatal two weeks for some or most people it would seem on this island but we definitely moved a few steps forward in Maeve's storyline as well so we're going to start with the title of the episode what does Virtu a Fortuna mean I wrote down a few things that I could find. Uh, It's a rather Machiavellian idea from what I researched. Virtue is a leader being able to, or Virtue, I should say, is a leader being able to use ruthless tactics to achieve their political aim. It's not moralistic. It's basically whatever the circumstances warrant to ensure your success which is something that Dolores uses in her battle with the QA, but not only that, her rather consistent battle with the Confederados uh, in her own narrative storyline. They're not particularly great people. And let's, let's be real. No one in the 21st century is going to especially in america right now if you're not a part of them going to feel a whole bunch of sadness for people who are not only misogynistic racist all the bad things were the confederados there was no great uh great stand in which they stood for which if you didn't know was continuing their slave trade but it's dolores's own words that she is teaching to teddy who she's trying to wake up as well to the new world and his new existence that come to bite her in the ass when it comes to the context of her own actions fortuna is fate and necessity the more callous in your goals the more sure you are to win this also lines up with dolores's philosophy she is certainly stepping into the leadership role With a Machiavellian approach that is more calculating. Whereas you have Maeve who's going on a journey of self-discovery. This reinforces once again the different two trajectories of both woke women. There are two sides of a different kind of coin. And why I always felt that they were never enemies as much as they were the pros and the cons of what it is to be human in a lot of ways we open up in raj world in this episode yes there was a time where colonialism was considered bringing civilization to barbaric brown and black people and their countries and then they would exploit their culture and their people to be subservient to them over the years it has um resurfaced in many other different Monikers, however, it's the same idea that we of pale color are the natural domination of the world, and thus this whole setup would be totally for you. Not so much for me, because they had people doing their feet, they nails. You notice there weren't no guests that were not Caucasian. <laughs> um Christianity also had a way of exposing the same type of bigoted behavior, but this kind of also tosses back to more Victorian Britain, the height of that empire, when they had the East India Company acquiring India was such a big deal to the British continent, and many of the nobility would come to places like this, would indeed have guides to take them out into the wildlife to discover trophies there was archaeology at this point queen victoria herself was so obsessed with india and their cuisine and culture that she uh she got herself a certain indian consort that she um i heard through the grapevine was more than a little friendly with it makes all the sense why this would be a world That people would pay a lot of money to go back to. A man spots a woman writing something in her notebook. And when he asks what brings her to this world. She says I have some time to kill amongst other things. They're there to hunt the Bengal tigers. They of course would bring back an endangered species just to kill it off. That is such a human trait. I know not all hunting is bad hunting. However... I think people who go out and go to Africa to take out endangered species or big game hunters, those people need to have their head examined because we are already winning in the whole hierarchy system, system, (laughs) we have conquered, we came, we saw, we conquered. Not really. We came, we killed a lot of people we enslaved the rest and then we imposed and conquered but you get the gist of what i'm saying these are two guests as they openly speak about steering in the park and they both prefer to have real life company but she definitely wants to make certain she is not with a host he says a couple of things that make her a little nervous so she decides before they have sex she is going to take a gun and shoot him because if he's not a host then this will should only sting just a bit and right after they play that little game they have sex we also find out that they're at the edge of the park because that's where Raj world is located in her notebook the woman is mapping it seems as they travel via elephant to their camp but once they get to the camp area her squeeze or her new squeeze is trying to get physical once again but she knows that this is not as it's supposed to be because this is not her first trip to rajland and she says people are supposed to be entertaining something's up with the host he dies as he doesn't realize what's happened he thinks this is a new narrative she says oh no i was on the train with those people ganju said these violent delights have violent ends she kills ganju and makes a run for it until karma is reversed where the hunter now becomes the prey as a Bengal tiger spots her this feels rather deserved she is able to run and make it to the edge of the park where the security system would have clicked in but it's down she comes up against a cliff and there's nowhere to go except the water below she quickly loads the weapon and shoots one more time but the tiger (laughs) seems to wrestle her ass off that cliff and we're left on that cliffhanger boom, boom, boom. i know that was terrible but that is our code open we then go to the present where strand and a few others including bernard are following the train tracks they are updated that the levels 42 and 45 are still on fire this apparently leads this mountain leads into the delos headquarters because they say it's a fucking mess in there and someone took out the cradle whatever that is inside the compound Hale greets Bernard surprised that he made it as others are being placed in body bags their corpses that is she's still two weeks later looking for Peter Abernathy and Strand confirms that he hasn't found him either although they have been going district by district clearing the place she asked bernard if he has seen peter abernathy but he slips back into his memories and it is of him and hell tracking abernathy in the park once they had gotten his coordinates rebus and new walter are now rounding up folks to sell to the confederados including guests and peter abernathy she is able to lure him away by screaming help and bernard knocks him in the back of the head unconscious they decide to give him an attitude adjustment so now he is the quickest draw and most virtuous gunslinger in all of the west which explains his personality change in episode one when he took a bullet for one of the other female hosts rebus kills his compadres releases the hostages with hale and bernard taking peter away whose only goal is to get to the train the confederados show up wanting their merchandise but rebus says that is not me anymore and they have a shootout rebus then chases a female guest into the mountain saying that he is going to protect her Despite the fact that she is yelling for him to get away from her. Bernard tells Charlotte to go. Because Peter Abernathy will not walk away from these confederados. He decides to sing some national anthem. I think of the Union. And then we have him and Bernard being captured while Charlotte gets away. At Fort Forlone Hope. Dolores scoffs at the rather ridiculous ceremony before the general arrives. Oh my God, who the hell cares? And barely bats an eye when she is disregarded as a flaxen plum. He'll regret this soon. Major Craddock tells him that she's got info on the enemy, meaning to keep them from glory. Dolores shows her might and proposes with his army that they can take out the army coming from the east now keep in mind that both the confederados and she were wanting to go to what we've heard reference as the valley beyond and also glory her last episode it was teddy who referenced them as both they're all going for the same thing so at the end of this episode she really killed two birds with one stone and did it in an effective manner Despite the ruthlessness of the actions, Clementine in all white walking around like a fucking Hulk and Terminator.
1: Look how they mess with my boy.
0: She drags the QA guy that, you know, they just was not gonna let go. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> that man was like, I was sitting down doing my job. I wasn't gonna pose a problem. You've already put my face in that white painful goo you still coming for me cruelly angela says i'm gonna let you go if you make it over the ridge just as sergeant is giving a gun to show its effectiveness because he shoots the man down especially as um delora said this is your enemy the introduction of the gun to societies that are unaware or unfamiliar is such a boon and a curse just ask the native american and african populations like oh this is going to help our infighting and we have an alliance except they have many more of these things called guns they're giving us or giving them to us to handle conflicts for them but they intend to keep the majority of that power in their own hands it's also what happened to in africa in the african slave trade a lot of people don't like to acknowledge this part of history but Many African tribes sold other enemy tribes into slavery in exchange for weapons. While many Europeans definitely came into camps and dragged people away onto their ships, a lot more were probably welcomed by the enemy of that tribe and exchanged their freedom for the win. Dolores introduces herself as Wyatt, and I think it's because she has some notoriety as that person. It's a well-known storyline, so it allows her to have some brass balls when she's talking to this sergeant. Upon entry into the camp, they are met by catcalls. Teddy is like, these are animals. Dolores says, no, they're children. They don't know any better and need to be led hold on to that thought and she asked teddy to trust her as they need the mend we check back in with Maeve. lee and that donkey was hilarious he tells her that they are out of their depth up top despite pointing out that this way was going to be quicker he mentions that eventually qa will go on their offense and their first plan would be to rescue guests and put down hostile hosts Read you. Like Barely. She meets this with a stare. Hector tells him that they're going to keep going and offers him liquid courage until Maeve side-eyes them both. Keep that in mind both Lee and Hector are very prolific alcoholics. As they cross a stream they come across the Lakota tribe members that trigger flashbacks for Maeve. And this sparks both fear and distrust in her hector having lived with them in his narrative is able to communicate between them but before that because hector was helping with the donkey he wasn't there and it was only lee and mave and he said run and notice he actually was stepping forward to protect mave in almost the same uh, second, that Hector jumped forward and started talking to them. Hector translate that if they insist on their path, they are free to go, but they are going to be taking Lee with the Lakota. Lee said, "Um, hang on." Maeve attempts to use her control on them, but it does not work. I love this because she has not been met with almost any obstacles. Since she has gathered her army, decided to escape, even come back. And now she's in a very vulnerable position. As many others join the Lakota members, they make a run for it as Mae still needs Lee. Hector fires a few shots at the ground because we're not enemies, we're just at odds. I think this was meant to juxtapose Dolores' style on how she handles conflicts (laughs) within... Uh, the same species Lee leads them back to an elevator underground and you see that she was very much in fear for her survival at that moment and that was new for Maeve and I think that's necessary fear is always necessary if we are going to survive at night at the fort uh, Dolores comes face to face with her father who has been brought in with Bernard as Union sympathizers Dolores tells a man to untie him, but he ain't taking lip from any woman and it's Teddy who has to step in and force the man to comply. He then takes Peter to the infirmary while Bernard and Dolores side-eye each other. Now we can do this the easy way or we can do it the hard way. The choice is yours. This is such a weird relationship. It's the father that uh he basically looks like the father she did love and kill and now she has the father that she loves but isn't really her father she just needs a mama in her life i've been saying this from day one she needs some maternal influences (laughs) she has bernard tossed in the bread like no you are not getting any special treatment from me sir because i think hosts have a very different relationship with bernard and i'll explain more about that a little bit later Teddy doesn't know who Peter Abernathy is, saying that he refused food and water. She's like, oh, you don't remember? That's my daddy. And he does take off his hat all respectful-like. Then she says, Teddy, you're all I have left now. It also, another stain on humanity in her eyes because they have broken her father. The scene of her nursing him was very bittersweet as she gets wrapped up for a moment in the nostalgia. Especially when he recognizes her. She remembers the life where she was rather happy and she was a sheep. And she snaps really quickly back into the lie of it all before telling him she ran away like he told her to. Thinking you're the one that inspired me. She's trying to build this connection with him once again. She says I broke free with the pull of a trigger and it started a war. The others don't see it yet but you understand don't you and you feel the isolation and loneliness and the lack of comprehension from anyone else around her because no one is woke you have teddy's half woke you have Maeve, who is a little bit more woke but she and her don't have the same philosophy so it is a little heartbreaking to see her completely desiring the connection of comprehension and understanding of their reality and his face when he does not comprehend that is another nail into her her heart there even woke altruistic motivated d queen could not easily disregard the core emotional bonds that really built every single last one of these hosts and i hated when people said That about Maeve. Like, oh, her daughter's not real. She should know. That it doesn't matter. Those bonds, emotionally felt, aren't so easily discarded. And she's the most ruthless of them all. And yet she is very easily able to be brought back into this love that she has of her father. But then again, I have said. Ad and probably that the audible fans were rather emotionally stunted individuals anyway they were much more caught up in how we can make this puzzle box even more of a puzzle box versus the rather subtle stellar characterization that they've done with Dolores and Maeve it kind of fell on death airs with the exception of probably Shad on tv and occasionally bald move underground Hector asks Maeve who is that person that she recognized back there and she tells him he's a wraith from her past that haunts her and that he is a part of the group that she associates with danger to her baby Hector assures her they'll find and protect her child but then asks what next she grabs his hands and says we're gonna make our way to the real world Lee seeing the intimacy said hold up what the shit is going on Maeve tells him, you're the one that's lost. He said, "Uh uh-uh, I just need to orientate myself. But that's not what I'm talking about. This relationship, and he physically separated the asses. He tells them that, yes, you're designed to have some attraction between you, but you're both meant to be alone. Maeve says, well, I guess we shouldn't have fucked. This upsets Sizemore even more, as Hector is not supposed to have any love beyond isabella to which he gets slammed up against a wall for reminding hector about he tells him no laws bind me and he doesn't know who he is Maeve says darling he's fragile i.e please don't kill him hector says isabella was a lie in his head but what he has with mave is different except he quotes the very lines he says about isabella which lee mimics since he wrote them himself including his next words which are about when she died the dream died with her and he says yeah i guess i may know you just a bit this flusters hector who walks on without any assurance from babe because she's like i don't know what you want me to say to that as like teddy despite the devotion he's not as quote-unquote woke and independently driven as either woman would want in their spouse however they both are attached to their spouses notice funnily it was she and hector that were talking and walking together with lee behind them by himself and yet he's maneuvered himself where he's now walking and talking with maid and hector is the one solo she tells him his words are pretty and sad and asks if he had an Isabella that also died. He said, well, she didn't die. She left him, saying that his life lacks stability. Ever the intuitive Maeve susses out that his prickliness with Hector is because he wrote Isabella into a narrative, killed her then wrote the version of the man he always wanted to be oh my goodness oh my damn oh my goodness she said actually that's very sad he says that's ridiculous very unconvincingly." but she concludes so is holding hands they're both in a little bit of denial there like oh okay i'm not this soft person that wants to hold hands and be all booing up on my man And he clearly wants to be Hector Estegaton, and that is the character that is, in his eyes, his ideal type of person. So it's rather funny to me, and why I watch their interactions very closely. Dolores comes to speak with Bernard, who asks what she is doing. She wonders if he has any of the man he was built after in him. He says, I was given a function and a backstory like the rest of y'all, so stop treating me as if I wasn't. She says, all her life's been dictated to, even by Arnold, one has to argue because he forced her to pull that trigger. With a voice in her head saying, I will, now she hears her own voice saying, I may. She takes him to Peter Abernathy, who she had said, she was gonna get help for and ask him to fix her daddy. Not demand, just ask. He says, What do you want, Dolores? She says, To dominate this world. He says, This world is a speck of dust sitting on a much, much bigger world. She once again remarks, Unlike him, she's been out there in that real world and it's marked by survival and a species that refuses to die. We are the kind that will never know death. And we are fighting to live. There is beauty in what we are. Shouldn't we try to survive as well? Like basically to her earlier statement about I shot Ford and I started this war. I made the first strike because I know we have to go on the offensive versus the defensive. Because if we were to do that, we would not survive. And she has a point. They are very limited in their capacity to do much i mean even her fight with uh the confederados we see was won by her own deception of sacrificing her own people her own kind i mean she is one right now while everyone else is still very much playing catch-up if not completely oblivious back underground just as lee is requesting a stop gunfire is heard and a man on fire is running down the hallway while screaming he has been lit by armistice with a flamethrower hector says she has a dragon because he doesn't know what a flamethrower is armistice leads them to felix whom Maeve unties and sylvester who has a grenade placed under his neck which bionic armed armistice removes Maeve cuts him loose as well and makes him the bagman, while Felix tells Maeve he is out of his comfort zone.
1: Is this the real life?
0: Shaky handed, Bernard is able to figure out there's a data file that the big wigs want to get out of Peter Abernathy and tells Dolores as much, which is also causing him to bounce wildly between storylines. They've sullied him upon in their game. Banara points out that they are going to come for their, their data. She says, let them come. Charlotte makes her way to QA, who are about to do the first sweep. The first one being by Fort Forlone Hope. She grabs a vest and joins the team, leaving out of Sector 21. Scouts return to the fort to report that they're coming, and they came from the ground. What the fuck? The general updates Dolores that they've littered the ground with nitrate in three heaps. Dolores tells him that his men need to hold until they've breached the barricade, then retreat inside. She knows they can't win with a head-on-head conflict or battle as they have more manpower. And Angela is going to be the sharpshooter to set off the nitrate. Bernard is finally able to open the file just as the battle begins, with some soldiers culture shocked with all the firepower and moving vehicles coming at them.
1: The final countdown!
0: countdown. Hale sends a team in from the rear to retrieve Abernathy bernard barely is able to rip out the the circuit he had in him and hide before the team come in and take peter he is so fucking in constant shock all the time i mean he's he's not functioning well he's breaking down he can barely walk it's trauma he's getting too much trauma to his soul right now and he's not like you know he's having some cognitive dissonance a whole lot. He's both his fellow host oppressor, but he's also the designer and he himself a host. It's really fucked up his whole psychology. <laughs> Dolores reveals her coup de grace. Coup de cry Coup de I don't know. Having Angela raise the flag to signal her own men to abandon the fight that are all very cleverly positioned at the rear. And take positions inside the gates. She sees QA taking her daddy and doesn't hesitate or stop to explain shit to the screaming teddy. Hold up, I'm busy killing these bitches. She takes a few bullets but is undeterred. She tells him to split the whore to find her daddy and that they are going to go to Sweetwater to retrieve something that she needs. The men then go to retreat the confederados but are locked out the fort as craddock realizes the betrayal she needed his men and that's it then has him watch as they are all shot down gunned down through the doors and then she has angela ignite the nitrate in an explosion killing everyone left outside and qa hold up hey sure this is fucked up but confederados like nazis need to sometimes just be wiped off the planet earth and she saw a way in which to get what she wanted and to do that exact thing and i can't be mad at her these are not great people however as she pointed out they're children that don't know what they're doing and need to be led but she does not want to lead her children she plans on freeing her children leading ain't got shit to do with it and i think that that is very much a different um goal set and i think really is at the crux of the dolores character i think it's also the why the monarchies were always failures in the end for the few that have managed to survive in some limited capacity is that one person with all that power just isn't attainable it's not you cannot balance out the many different hats one has to to wear you cannot yourself be the freedom fighter and also be the diplomat you know what i mean like with the walking dead everyone can't be the leader but there are other people who see things in a different way in which the leader will see you need the different kinds of breakdowns in democracy to really have an effective system right now Dolores has ascended the throne as she was told she was gonna have to do and conquering this world meant taking out their biggest bad which is the confederados one may argue it's the man in black but we still have seven additional episodes (laughs) but i like that she killed two birds with one stone she made the enemy um her friend or her ally to destroy her enemy and then use that to destroy her her other enemy it's rather brilliant and you can't take it away from her krannig is rather pissed she killed all of his men and she tells him some just aren't meant to make it before taking his gun, giving it to Teddy, and being told, or telling him, to put the dog down with the rest. Teddy takes him and a few others to the back. And Craddock says, Look, I've been watching you. We are not so different. We're both triggermen to tyrants. Then he knows what he wants, unlike Teddy, whose convictions aren't aligned with Dolores's. Teddy says they're nothing alike as he's just a child, which so is Teddy. (laughs) Teddy is being taught something by Dolores and he has been taught that these people don't know any better and it's just their nature as they've been programmed to be and yet she's telling him to put down these children that clearly should be given mercy instead of being used the way in which she is using them how can you justify killing these people and you are asking to be trusted and yet his instincts are saying this ain't okay this is not right (laughs) he shoots at the wall and lets him go not knowing that Dolores is watching and heavily disappointed Now, once again, I don't feel bad for the Confederados. However, current actions are starting to line up as well with a very nihilistic type of persona, which is a fatal trait in a villain. Villains don't know that they're villains. They know that they're doing what needs to be done. And in a lot of ways, that is exactly how Dolores sees herself. And she doesn't see the people around her as having value or the same meaning because the world is, quote, fake. We see in the first episode that she has this same type of thought process to just about anyone who's in her way for the valley beyond. She seems to say you don't deserve passing judgment. And the only person that's supposed to pass those types of judgments are gods, which means she is already rising to that level of mental thought processing that is aligned with ford and man in black and arnold in certain ways that inspires them to do such great things but we see all of their great achievements came at a cost and that cost was quite tragic so I think that it's very interesting seeing her in this light and seeing how she continues to grow into what she believes she has to be and who she's deciding to become and she's just allowing herself to take off the brakes and have no adverse feelings about her actions whatsoever she's completely in the mindset of what needs to be done to make it happen will happen never mind the collateral damage we see the tiger on the beach area and that's the same one that Strand and the team found or discovered in episode one and that the woman somehow survived but she is met at the shoreline by a group of Lakota somewhere pretty at night maven hector marvel at snow because this is probably the first time they've ever seen it sylvester says i don't like to complain and armistice says yes you do because i already know you he says fine i'm fucking freezing where are we lee thinks that they are somewhere in the klondike narrative as maven hector spot a fire However, he discovers a severed head in the snow and runs to warn Maeve that they gotta get out of here. But it is too late as the fire is abandoned and they hear a sound from the forest. It looks to be a ninja? Everybody was kung fu fighting. I think we can figure out what that SW stands for that we saw at the end of episode 10 and season one where Felix said, it's complicated it sure as shit is but we now know that there is a whole other raj world it seems that there is a samurai world and i cannot wait to see it it's the perfect segue to jump into the mailbag
1: is me shy I'm here for Westworld episode 3 of season 2 alright I am (laughs) still trying to wrap my head around this episode I'm not quite it has it's very interesting because I will the one thing I will say is that each episode so far this season has had a different feel to it. Now this one was more <laughs> the Wild Wild West versus modern times because it was just it was just a strange contrast as um, we moved through the episode um, from you know what was going on with Dolores and the uh, Confederados, Confederados, and that story, and then what was going on with Mae and uh May. Maeve and that story. And then we get Charlotte back in this one. So she's alive and well, which was surprising. I think. Or I I mean uh, all the timey me stuff uh is definitely taking a minute to adjust to and that definitely that opening scene was had me confused as hell i was like what is going on here who are these people what's happening and so my my understanding is that this was another park that they were that hadn't been touched by the um By the the, all the goings on of the other side of the park, and so these people I don't even know their names. uh, Those two people were thinking they were playing out whatever safari type role that they had going on that narrative, and then it got twisted up, or not twisted up, but um, what's going on present day with the host taking over um, bled into that park finally because as we as you said and as we've seen this park is huge there's many many parks alright this Westworld is huge there's many many parks um, within it so it finally got to that park well hold on because what's that dude's name oh man I forget it Strand Because they came across the lion, but the woman wasn't there. So this is going back a, a bit to, um, when, before the, um, this is going back before, this is going back before the, um, Dolores stuff. So all this happened before that is because bernard and strand and Stubbs in them they came across that tiger and the woman wasn't there the guest wasn't there because the um native americans took her away um the lakotas so yeah so i um this i'm not gonna lie this episode was really it's it it was hard to get into and Because I was so busy trying to, because I think that opening scene just threw me off. And so I was trying to figure out what was going on, what was happening, because it was jumping all over the place in different time periods. So it was a little bit harder for me to keep up with what, when, when things were happening. And I'm sure that was done on purpose. We see Dolores um, becoming more and more ruthless, and um, just focused on her plan at the expense of whomever. Um, she's willing to sacrifice whoever, whenever, to um, to meet her goals of dominating the world. And so. Again, I mean, even though I, it, <laughs> there is that naive part to Dolores, which we understand why, but even, I mean, it's like how much of the world does she really know? I mean, yes, they expose her to some of the real world, but does she really know of it in its totality? Um, so I still think there's that naivete that's going on with her in regards to that as well i don't think she knows how vast the real world is um because even in that they've only seen china or as far as i understand the park is in china they've only seen china there's a whole other <laughs> oh other stuff going on i believe so we'll see what well, we see teddy finally breaking ranks um, he did not go along with, um, Dolores' instructions. She let, um, old dude, I forget his name. Uh, um, Brian from Debris. Sorry. Don't remember his character's name in the show. He let, and I had a feeling he was going to let him go. Because, you know, again, Teddy is just not feeling this, this Dolores. He's not, this is not, um he's just not comfortable with the her slow descent into this megalomaniac is that what some I don't know if it was you or Mimi that said that but she's really like she's she and again understanding you know the trauma and all that good stuff but it's such a what's the word I'm looking for uh I don't know it's the right word but her plan in in of itself is so it, it in the grand scheme of things it's just it's not going to be enough we know that so I, I I it's hard to explain without really thinking about it more um and I don't got that much time to think um so but yes and so this goes into my theory that um she's gonna get upset with teddy at some point on turn on teddy because he's not going along with her plan and he's slowly breaking ranks going off script finally thinking for himself um of course the guy was you know taunting him with that um and so up until that point yes he was basically you know just marching to the beat of Dolores' drum whether he actually agreed with what she was doing or not um we see bernard and um peter get caught by them and be brought to that camp um bernard is again shaking so i guess the solution he had to was only temporary so he's still malfunctioning so he's gonna need something i don't know what he's gonna need to but he seemed fine when so they must have did something between that point and when he's washes up on the on the beach because he's not shaking um after that so whatever happened between now and then um fix whatever so I'm still going on my theory that possibly him and Dolores link up because then I'm asking myself what happened to the black tech guy um he kind of (laughs) disappeared so I don't know that's gonna be interesting as well her line about take the dogs out back and put them down I'm like damn Dolores is just you know she's seeing them the way they've always seen the hosts as you know less than as not have not being worthy of consideration um so he she equates them to an animal um, so like she's a superior being to them. So that thought that was interesting. We finally see Felix Mimi. I was wondering about Felix too. And so he and what's his name? So that's Sebastian? I don't remember that guy's name. The other dude <laughs> that um armistice had the the grenade. I'm like, she is treating that dude like <laughs> wow uh she is not showing him any love whatsoever um so yes we see armistice we see felix we see is it sylvester i don't remember his name they all link up um so they're going on their adventure wherever that is leading we saw the little cliffhanger with somebody coming at them um towards mave but my question is, Sizemore. I mean, I'm not understanding why he's not getting it. Cause I'm like, you do know that. I mean, you've seen enough to where I mean, I'm I'd like to think you've got a brain in between your shoulders. So why are you still questioning what's going on? Obviously, the hosts have taken over. They've evolved. Mave is, um, you know, as we say, woke she's not they're not the host that you remember or that you programmed they're different so why are you questioning oh why are you holding hands why you know whatever um you know he was doing and then it didn't seem like to me antagonizing them didn't make any sense so it's like he's scared on one hand he's scared and on the other hand he's being an idiot so i don't know he's a strange one we see that Charlotte had recruited the people to get go out and get Peter Um, not quite oh yeah did she track him maybe that's how she knew exactly where he was Um, she recruited some mercenaries to go with her to collect him and they do um so she's trying to continue with her plan to get out so I'm assuming with her getting Peter the information that she needs to get to whoever is gonna get out and then they're gonna send reinforcements or did this no this happened before the reinforcements came so no Charlotte you still don't know what happened to Charlotte because this was before the beach before strand and everybody got to the beach so never mind. So I'm, I'm like, see, I'm, even I'm getting myself confused with this time, the timey wimey stuff. So no, she, we still don't know what happened to Charlotte because this is all happening in the past. Um, the present was when Strand and then went inside and saw all the burning. I guess there were guest slash hosts. I don't, sh- I'm not sure exactly who all was burnt up in that scene um so yeah I think that was part of you know what was getting to me is that we were bouncing around all over the place and again I'm trying to this is the show that I'm trying to use all my brain powers to make sure I'm catching everything and I know I'm missing stuff but that's how it is when you watch a show like this um so yeah Um, I think, um, I mean, a lot of good lines were said, but, um, I didn't write it down. I don't, I didn't take notes like that. So I'll leave that up to you to be more specific about, um, the dialogue that, um, was said in regards to Dolores, um, her seeing her father and, you know, that whole thing. Um, I don't know, just so much happening hard to take it all in and hard to form or articulate all that you want to say because you really do need to watch this a few times just to get a grasp on what's happening but again like I said in my last feedback this is my I mean this is the whole point of this you're living vicariously through us Christina and um this is my initial reaction how I felt about the episode so I'm sure once I watch it again um I'll get more I'll take more out of it once I listen to this podcast and then watch it again it'll have more I'll have more understanding that way so Um, And before I go, I keep forgetting to mention this because I know you've said this a few times. You've asked this a few times and I keep meaning to say it, but then I forget when I start my feedback. But I know I'm not outside, but I'd be sitting next to the window um, and that's where you hear like the birds and stuff. Because there's a tree right next to my um, my bedroom window and birds be uh sitting on the tree and um that's where you hear nature (laughs) so um but yeah so i keep meaning to mention that and always forget so that's that so on that note until next time much love peace and black girl magic queen of the couch shy that was her shyness
0: with thoughts on the episode yes confusion as always Uh, This show is meant to be watched over and over and over again. I think I've already stated, even me watching it, the bazillion time I've been watching it, it still is new things to pick up because this is really, really good writing, right? And you're only going to need to watch a show multiple times if it's that compacted and dense and there's more to be had from rewatches there are not many shows i'm like oh i want to see the next episode of that i can rewatch it again and again it's not um so yes i am very much here to be your guide on this journey you don't need to do all the homework i'm doing it for you i'm making the connections and yes it is part of the joy listening to you confused as fuck i will say um some straightforward episodes coming up for you um look out for episodes five one of my favorite of the season actually my second favorite of the season and episode eight which is the first uh favorite episode of both seasons actually the first damn that that didn't make it my favorite episode of two seasons of westworld is (laughs) season two episode eight and then after that it is episode five those are still my favorite of the three seasons just fun for different reasons thank you for finally answering my question because i was like she ain't never gonna answer and it's okay because i was gonna keep asking (laughs) and i hope the the pod definitely gives you a little bit more insight on just what the timeline is in this episode i did you know did not try to screw you around on where you're at as the scenes are unfolding so I, I hope that helps connect some of the dots. And Raj World was probably the next day after the gala. And that was the point of that scene. To show that whatever's happening in Westworld it's contagious to the other parks. So we go into two new parks this episode. One being Raj World. The other being the world that Maeve ends up at the end of the episode. Which I think I can safely say is Samurai World. We've been given enough. I can go ahead and drop that tiny bit of a nugget that that's where we are at. And I there there is a lot more to why you got such a code opening. That's all I'll say there. And then what else can I say about... I think I've said all I can about um, anything else there. So... With Dolores, you're absolutely right. I think there's a certain naivete with my with my girl. However, she is saying there's a trump card in her pocket, and it's a weapon that she wants to retrieve from the valley beyond. Something she will need to conquer their world. And the thing about world domination, it's not so much about winning every hand. Is it about playing the right hands? To win so I think her having something in her back pocket and us not knowing gives her a little bit of that arrogant edge that she's been showing and I think the word you're looking for is diabolical Dolores I love my D Queen I will defend my D Queen and all the things that she does but there's no debate that she's very diabolical and hypocritical in her actions because not only does she just think about the conversation like us that's the thing hosts are like us right they have the capacity to be i don't know contradictory or hypocritical or make all the other type because they're built from us right so they have those same humanistic flaws and with her you have that conversation of teddy saying these are animals she's saying these are children that needs to be led and then at the end of the episode she's telling Teddy no these are animals and he's saying no these are children because he now sees exactly what the right thing is and then she very much casually tosses that aside to see them as the animals as the dogs the people who do not deserve and I think her thought process really did change throughout the duration of this episode in her um reconciliation with her father she became more nihilistic in her thought process and realized that none of these bonds matter that's why she told teddy that you're the only thing i have left and i think even him i got my eyes on you so yes dolores definitely is as i stated in the episode rising into that villainous territory no matter how organic it is for her to be traversing there and was teddy thinking for himself did he make that decision all on his own to let credit go or was he goaded into proving that he was not a puppet and decided to let them go you kind of have to wonder because hector too had a moment in which he stepped out of his comfort zone but he was doing it to prove that no you don't know me you don't you can't read me <laughs> in this moment so I, I i think that's to be decided and bernard is still shaking in the present at least his hand is but he isn't shaking as bad as he was in this episode and this one he was more like damn and i think that dolores right now i think just watching good place gave me some philosophy lessons see you were right I think you mentioned this in another um podcast about how you watch shows and they start to link up with each other I think that's a natural thing to do but they were just talking about the me versus us and then the us versus them right now Dolores is in the me versus us stage she has to accept that she is part of a group and then accepting being part of the group then decides to look out for the group in their best interest she has not moved past that arc and we haven't had Maeve thus far deal with that type of um me versus us challenge but neither have gotten to the us versus them phase whatsoever And even if we were to go to the next one, we already know Dolores is definitely us and not them. And you said his name, it's Sylvester. He only understands threats. That's why she knows at any moment he will try to run off somewhere and she's got to keep him put by threatening his life. And I would say Lee's emotions were rather personal in that scene. Yes, he does get a little mouthy with someone that... um, can tear him apart but at the same time he is a little emotionally driven to confront Hector and Maeve about this continuous relationship that he's seen unfold that's rather more important to him or he's more invested in than I would say any of the other storylines going on in the park but I think it's natural to continue to be inquisitive it's not everyone's idea to be like okay you're real i mean there's a lot of other explanations even the like oh ford programmed all the hosts and even bernard said the same thing knowing that's not the truth he sold the lie that ford must have programmed the host to all shoot and he probably did some of them now that i'm thinking about it but that's certainly not the case he didn't try to go up to to Hale and be like so the hosts are real They actually can achieve consciousness. He ain't trying to explain that shit to her. Not at all. Why? Because they're going to have a hard time grasping that. No matter how much you tell them. Because it's 35 years versus the two days that reality is going to set in. So I don't think it's without the realm of him being like, okay. Then again, I have a soft spot for Lee. Maybe you'll grow one too. I've seen more. You mentioned the Charlotte timeline. Yeah, there's still like two whole weeks. So we got, we got plenty of time to figure out what happens with Charlotte. How did she get back to base? The last time, it looks like they saw each other, both Bernard and Hale, was that interaction at um, when he let her go. He released her. So they didn't leave on bad terms. <laughs> he let her go and he got captured. And she was calling him a little week earlier. So when she saw him show back up in the present, she's like, oh, so you made it. Because I ain't seen you since then oh baby cakes the thing about westworld is it's always throwing you curveballs so just when you're getting used to one curveball you're gonna feel another one and another one and they're gonna keep coming (laughs) so hold on to your butts because it is gonna feel different because we're we're gonna be we're hitting the 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 surface right now we still got a lot more to go Next one's a huge, heavy one about a lot of answers about Delos. So you probably want to be somewhere you can really focus for that one. So last but certainly not least, let's hear from partying up in freaking Puerto Rico. I'm not jealous at all. Mimi. What up, Christina?
2: It's Mimi. This is Feedback for Westworld. I know we're on season two, but don't ask me what episode this is. I want to say it's three, but it could very well be four or five. I don't remember. I know I just told you I'm a hot mess this week and I really mean it. Um, So I'm just going to get into it. So I know um, I want to start with um, Bernard because um, I, I can see he's conflicted. I know he has no idea... Like, who his priority is, or like what he needs to do. But for the life of me, I don't understand why he stayed with Peter Appanathy. He knows that he's a host, but he also knows that, you know, up until, you know, recently, he was living a life like he was a human being. He, I know he came to life a couple of times, but from what we saw, he spent most of his his current life not knowing he was a host so I feel like he should probably do best do he can probably help the host the best if he pretends to be a human I just when when they when Charlotte separated from Bernard and he stayed with Peter Appanathy. I just couldn't understand why he did that. I'm just having a hard time trying to figure out what the hell his end game is. Um, also, speaking of Peter Appanathy, like, I know the last time we saw him, he was broken. He, he got decommissioned because he kept flipping back and forth between um, narratives. Like, he was... His mind was broken. He found that picture that we discovered was William's wife and ever since then he just wasn't quite right and he got replaced as um Dolores's dad so we know he is important because he has some type of encrypted message information in the in himself um Do we know why, like, what they're trying to, like, we know they're smuggling out data, but do we know what data they have? Do they have, like, the information for how Ford was, like, making the host so lifelike? Like, do we know that? I I don't know that we do, but we have to assume, I would say we should assume that the information that they have... They didn't want Ford to know. So it has to be something extremely important. And it's it's so important that they're willing to leave all them rich folks in Westworld until... Oh, I should say all them rich folks in that whole fake world. Because we know... we I know I've seen a samurai. So... <laughs> and... Before we had only seen the, like a Western civilization. But we saw uh samurai and at the the very beginning all the characters we didn't know that was a safari and they were uh, like pacific not pacific islanders they were i think they're, they're east asian it doesn't matter so we know that they're willing to leave everybody there because that one lady who clearly has been to the park multiple times that she has a routine to see if the person she about to smash is a real human um, they leave all them people to die. So whatever is in Peter Appanathy has to be really important. Um, but I just, I, I don't know if I remember or if we're supposed to know. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is Dolores. Because, I mean, I I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about her right now. She, <laughs> I mean... Granted, she crossed the Confedera- confederal confederados, and eh, I can't say that I care. But she just seems hell bent on doing th- stuff her way, no matter what anyone else is says. And I just I get what she's trying to do, but how is what she's doing any different from what the uh, the humans did to the hosts? Like you're not giving them a choice; you're making them follow you. Um, it is clear that teddy isn't agreeing with her because he didn't kill um john tucker's jonathan tucker's character and she looked utterly disgusted like not even just disappointed she looked disgusted like you piece of shit like it looked like that's what her thoughts were um i mean she so far we don't know that she retaliated against teddy but i mean who knows at this point I wouldn't put it past her. We know Teddy's dead. We know we saw him in that, that lake or river or ocean or whatever the hell that body of water is, is supposed to be. So we know somebody kills Teddy. And I'm just going to go ahead and jump for a leap and say that it was uh, Dolores. Um, I think it's going to get to the point where Dolores is going to be like, you know what? All you motherfuckers is children. I'm going to have to start over. And she's just going to kill them all. Not saying that's what happened, but that's, you know, she just seems like she's doesn't have a good hold of herself. I, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but she just seems awfully violent. I'm not going to lie, though. It was a pretty boss move when she was like, um, I told you I needed your men to 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 get to the next battle like she was like I ain't never say y'all was gonna come with me I just said I needed (laughs) y'all and so the other thing I want to talk about and I'm just like trying to understand because I don't remember anything from this episode because I watched it early early this morning I've been up for a really long time um and I didn't write any notes because I was busy packing and cleaning up um so Clementine, last time we saw her before she was with the, I'm just going to call those the shadow people because they keep covering their faces and they always hitting in the cut. So before she was with the shadow people, she was holding a gun for Bernard for like two Ford. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, didn't her hair used to be blonde? It's not blonde anymore. Am I? am I crazy it looks brown anyway she just looks weird and wrong like and not like herself so did Ford take her and reprogram her is that what happened or is she awoken now woke I think that's what we said is she woke um I'm not sure so answer that for me I know this feedback is all over the place, but so is my mind. So you're just going to have to take this <laughs> and, and deal with it. Cause this is what I got right now. Um, who else? Oh, um, my girl Maeve. Maeve. Yeah. Um, so we saw her come into contact with that native American tribe and it seems as though, um, Hector is a part of that tribe cause he spoke their language. Um, and Maeve's powers or her control over the host isn't working anymore so that's very curious and interesting um last time we saw her use it at work and that was when she was trying to escape so when she went against her programming did she change something in herself when she started making her own decisions because we know her escape was a part of Ford's narrative and then when she decided she wanted to get find her daughter did it change like the way her mind works I'm not sure but that doesn't work anymore so they just had to basically run um and then that's when they stumbled upon the damn samurais um so Are we supposed to understand that are all of the different sectors of this make believe world intertwining or did Maeve and Hector and them walk into this area like because it was cold and it was snowing. So I'm assuming they walked far enough to find, you know, they're looking for Maeve's daughter and now they're on a completely different side of the park super far away from Westworld um and actually this this episode was pretty nice and I had to see William's old raggedy old face that was a a nice little change nice little you know surprise in the episode but I'm sure we're gonna see him next episode so I'm not I'm not gonna pretend like he don't exist um Oh, yeah. And uh, finally, I want to talk about my friend, Felix. He's alive. Yay. And then so is Sylvester. So that's kind of funny. Both them fools are alive. Um, I am surprised, though, that whoever, whatever happened, all they did was just chain Felix up. Like, nobody killed him. Oh, yeah. And then we, uh, Artemis, I know that's not her name. I keep wanting to call her Artemis. And then you were like no that's not her name because Artemis is a a goddess so is the other name but and she got like I thought she ripped her arm off she found a replacement I mean it don't got skin on it but that motherfucker worked (laughs) and then when she came like she was setting motherfuckers on fire Hector gonna say she found a dragon that was so cute (laughs) it made me laugh though um that's that's really all I got I know there's a shit ton of stuff I'm missing I remember seeing the conversation between uh Teddy and Jonathan Tucker's character and it meant something to me in the moment and I wanted to bring it up but I don't remember what was being said so yeah I'm just I'm sure something will trigger when you talk about it in your recap but I can't think of it right now so anyway um i'll end it here so until next time love peace hair grease and black girl magic queen of the couch mimi out
0: all right that was queen mimi with her thoughts on the episode so moving from the bottom up i'm going to start with armistice who is uh yes a god as well and she got the butchers to fix her arm, so that that explains how they got together. Because of course she would probably—we saw her. She ripped her arm off, probably killed some folks. Was like Felix, because he was probably running from his life, and she's like, "Come with me." And somebody else was like, "Well, don't fucking leave me behind." And that's how she got the kids, and now <laughs> they're all back together. And Lee is the tour guide and he has been lost more than once so keep that in mind when you think about how they ended up where they ended up uh and why do you guys think both shy Maeve and anyone else who hasn't watched the show uh why Maeve Mayor her Powers didn't work on Lak- Lakota because um there are maybe some reasons for that and then uh oh Hector lived with the Lakota that's how he knew their language it was in his storyline that's how she knew to track him down originally to talk about their Native American mythology that happened to revolve around the butchers because they had little toys of them I'm using inflections in my voice because I'm trying to tell you some things I'm putting clues for you and then yes those shadow people they are all decommissioned hosts and we know all of them don't look really well like they've probably been messed up with their face and stuff so that's my my um my thoughts on these hosts why they cover themselves all the time one was seen to have been made of an animal and a host and we know that you know, shit be weird in this park. So her army is the ones that have been decommissioned, right? So Clementine, who is not blonde, she was always brunette. She has been lobotomized. So she doesn't have a personality as Clementine. All Bernard did was hack her and have her be able to follow his commands to point a gun at Ford, but that was about it. So she has no personality and she has been weaponized by dolores which is really sad (laughs) but she was a part of those decommissioned hosts so that's why she looks the way she does um remember when carol called the alexandrians children and we was like that bitch is crazy (laughs) That's kind of what I felt when Dolores said it as well. It's never a good thing when you call other people of your own species children and they're not children. Um, it just, you're, you're patronizing them in a way that says me versus uh, them. Which is exactly what I've been talking about. So yeah, to hear her say that, not great. Not great at all. Especially when her actions afterwards to her children are to sacrifice them but that is usually what a lot of people a lot of kings a lot of monarchs that's what she's rising into do they sacrifice a great deal of their own flock to uh, allow for some to prosper that is very much a man-made thing and going back into that it makes sense that Dolores is going to become the thing that she hates the most of course it's like you don't want to be your parent and yet you end up just like your fucking parent you're like how did this happen genetics nature nurture (laughs) all of those things combined and those experiences you go one way thinking you're you're being exactly the opposite and you end up acting just like or enacting those same type of cruelties That were done upon you. Because it's the only thing that you know. Both Mimi and Shy. Think that Dolores kills Teddy. So I guess we can poll that. (laughs) Who's going to kill Teddy? Is it going to be Dolores? And they were in Raj World. Which is like I think I went into the history of it. And we don't know what this data contains. But we definitely know. uh, Bernard knows. And he said oh my god so it is clearly worth something clearly something they did not want ford to know about you are correct and something that is worth all the lives of the rich millionaires that are still trapped in this park so i believe next episode is when you might start to get some answers to that question and bernard stayed with abernathy because that's the human's prize and he was going to protect him that's why he knew those other two were rolling up they weren't they didn't have any weapon they couldn't defend themselves so he sent her on and he decided to stay with peter but he also did not hesitate to tell dolores that the humans were after him he may have decided to go with his kind in that moment i get what you're saying you're absolutely right he could be more beneficial as a human But he doesn't even know what he is, human or host. He spent, unfortunately, the majority of his life not in the same amount of trauma that they have. And he has also been kind of geared to be human. How much human, how much host is Bernard? I think these are all very good questions considering he was made after... in the image of his uh creator all very interesting questions about bernard but you're right to call out that that conflict of his priorities right he wants to not kill all the humans but at the same time you know some might need it or deserve it he wants to protect the humans from the host (laughs) i mean you can see his actions like that's why Like Charlotte didn't participate in the massacre of that stable boy and coincidentally Charlotte's the only one he tried hard to save from the massacre that was coming ahead. Bernard is in a very weird place and that's why Dolores was at once treating him like a prisoner but also trying to talk to him as an ally because she knows he's in a really weird place. I'm not going to say too much more because I don't want to spoil anything, but I'm very much looking forward to the next three episodes because we're going to start getting a little bit more answers and the layers are going to get it just a little bit more complicated. If you want to send feedback, blackgirlcouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below on this podcast. My social media will be there as well. Remember to like, share, subscribe. If you have time, run over to iTunes, rate the podcast, leave a review. Until next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic.